I'm Leon Duczynski, Associate Professor at the IT University of Copenhagen, working in computer science, specifically artificial intelligence. A lot of the research and work that we do in computer science is about efficiency, making things um, run a bit more smoothly, run a bit faster for people, generate a little bit more profit in uh, industrial systems, and give a little bit of information just in time. I think this, uh, this, this motivation of efficiency uh, that we have is, uh, is really attractive to me. I remember working on uh, uh, little, very little computers back in the 80s um, with very, very few resources and being able to achieve fantastic things with them. And uh, when you have these resource constraints, as they say, constraint is the, the, uh, the fundament of creativity. And when you have these constraints and constraints in hardware, you find out you're able to program very tight code and get a lot of uh, resources and functions out of the, uh, the things that you have. But if you write bad code, if you uh, write lazy code, or if maybe your organization doesn't pay uh, for the resources to be available to write good code, uh, which can be very frustrating, um, then the code isn't so efficient. And then the easiest way of making things run a bit faster, getting a little bit more profit, a little bit more information or speed out of them, uh, is to throw more resources buy more computers, buy more servers, plug them all in, uh, have them all humming away, consuming electricity, um, turning it into heat, so we need more fans to blow it away. Um, and then the profit machine runs okay, um, even though the code is very bad. And so we've done this for a number of years, and now we're in the, the realm where we have these enormous uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence models, with millions, billions, sometimes even trillions of parameters uh, running to provide relatively simple, um, at least simple to conceptualize functionality for businesses and research. Uh, and the hardware to do this has become quite cheap as well. But the energy cost is super high and it's sitting there generating carbon emissions. Um, so I think what really interests me is, well, we should be able to do all these things with a lot, uh, a lot less in terms of resource. And we can, um, and we can. And this is something that, I mean, this is, instead of developing a, a, <clears throat> a research career based on um, adding incremental pieces of research, flying around the world to present those, um, and coming up with clever academic arguments uh, of why your work is slightly better than the previous person's, I find myself much more motivated by uh, getting systems that are more efficient, where we can do much more with a lot less. Um, yeah. And this seems to be something that other research groups and faculty at the IT are interested in as well, which, uh, for example, our systems, uh, data systems research group um, does a lot of this kind of stuff. And this is really a bit unsurprising because one of the core missions of the ITU is to have a positive impact on the society in which we're embedded. And I find this also, I mean, once you're excited about this topic and uh, you've discovered that it is possible to get a lot with very, very little, um, you find that also many of our students at the ITU are also really excited by this, pro this kind of project. Uh, we've had a few fantastic student projects uh, delivering state-of-the-art performance with a thousandth of the resources available, which is fantastic, right? Because not only having a big impact on the, the, uh, the energy, the electricity that we're constantly spending on data centers um, and computers in, uh, in over the world, and I think in Denmark, something like 15 to 25% of uh, the Danish electricity um, usage in 2030 is projected to be just on data centers, just running, um, let's face it, quite a lot of bad code on way too many computers. Um, 
So dealing with this, dealing with this impact, that's something uh, that heavily motivates me. Uh, I find rewarding and students find rewarding too. One of the more recent projects I've worked on with this was where we took um, this whole process of taking a big language model, we call them, right? These are the clever things that you might see writing essays online saying there's an artificial intelligence for writing Star Trek scripts or what have you, or for predicting the uh, title of the next Tom Scott YouTube video, right? These big language models um, take huge amounts of resources, tremendous amounts of electricity to train, and gener generate literally uh, tons and tons of, uh, of carbon dioxide in the process. So we were wondering, what are the things in these language models that make them so energy consuming, right? What's really going on with this? Um, and so we searched over the ways that these automatically searched in kind of a guided uh, fashion to try and find factors that would make these models consume more energy while delivering the same output in the hope that we could deliver the same output uh, in a way that was really energy efficient. Um, and we managed to actually identify that something like 90, 95% of the ways of configuring one of these big uh, machine learning language models, these AIs, 95% um, of the ways of doing this are sub-efficient, right? They're, they're subpar. They're worse than the, uh, the other 5% who will deliver either a better performance or a better energy efficiency. So we put that work together and we, we published this and we found where that frontier is and looked into the factors that are, um, reduce this energy consumption in these huge cases. And that's really fun, right? Because that's something people can take away, they can generalize. Anyone, the Googles, the Amazons, the, the Netflixes of the world can take these findings, put them into their models um, and get an energy efficiency gain for free. And this is important, right? This is the IT research that we need to fix this crisis we're currently in. Um, these are the kinds of things we know, these are the kinds of things that must be shared and implemented um, they're not going to see us out of the crisis, but they'll stop us doing, hopefully, stupid things automatically, which is what we're currently doing a lot. So one thing that really, uh, really excites me, actually, is the kind of considering the total impact of artificial intelligence, machine learning um, on climate uh, and on emissions. So often we consider that the, the real impact of the, um, the machine learning model, the AI we have, is the, the, the electricity our computers consumed when we trained the model and then the electricity used when we made predictions, right? When we're providing text suggestions or selecting the advert that a person browsing Facebook is most likely to click, right? That's a, that's a big power consumer. That's disgusting, but that's a big power consumer, really. But this isn't even like the whole picture, right? I mean, what we really need to be considering is what, um, where the consumption was in, in generating the data, right? If we have 200 people in, uh, in the USA spending... Uh, two or three months each contributing to a data set, then we have, what, kind of four, five, six hundred months of, uh, of life in America, right? That's a, of people. And people are, I mean, we're pretty good at generating CO2, right? This is not controversial. Um, so if we're using people in this region to build this data set, there's a huge impact. And if it's used just once for one project and thrown away, that impact isn't amortized, right? And that's a fixed cost that you have as part of the machine learning model. Um, and then as we go on and uh, we kind of train the model, we have a cost there. And then also as we're making predictions, again, there's going to be um, some, some, some costs here, right? We're going to continue emitting as long as the model uh, is in use. So for models that, that kind of stick around for a long time, right, for those uh, little Facebook advert predicting models, those have to be super tight. Those have to be extremely efficient because we're going to be seeing these models used for years and years and years with a very high intensity. 
And when you don't consider the, the lifetime, right, the lifetime of the model's use, then you only get a really distorted image of what's being consumed. So the projects I have coming up are all kind of looking at mapping out this process. And of course, it's massively different, right? There are so many different ways you can uh, use these models, and there are so many ways they can be tightened. Uh, the models are detecting OK Google in your phone. Uh, is only 14 kilobytes, which is it's relatively small. It's pretty impressive. Um, so that one's tightened, right? But many of the models hanging around there just simply aren't energy efficient, are really resource demanding, need extra chips, need bigger hardware. Maybe they'll only work on a certain version of hardware, right? So as um, society moves on, as technology moves on, and we get more efficient computers, we still maybe need some legacy computers running an old model. This is just, uh, yeah, it's painfully harmful, right? So we need to really measure what's happening. And once we're able to measure what's happening with machine learning, then we have a possible hope of reducing this massive data center impact.